They shoot the shit. They shoot, they shoot the shit. Shoot, 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 shit, shit, shit. Shooting the shit with Chippa. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Shooting the Shit with Chippa. Before I get to my returning special guests, I'd like to thank my $15 or more a month patrons. They are Mason, Christopher Finnick, Patricia Chipman, UK Campbell Jr., Alex Peregrine, Ken Svee, Mike the Gatherer, Tyler Freshcorn, Mark Price, and Collaborating Online, and my newest patron, Sean Zoltek. Thank you guys very much. And this week's episode, a lot of them are brought to you by the Geeks with Shields podcast. Each week, hosts Axel and Ulrich provide escape from the darkest time, talking everything from comics to long-forgotten movies and TV shows. If the darkest timeline has you down, check out the Geeks with Shields podcast for all your nerdy needs. And wouldn't you know it, returning for an uncountable amount of times are the Geeks with Shields. Guys, reintroduce yourselves to our friends. All right, I guess I will. Hi, we're the Geeks with Shields. I am Axel Wright, and with me as always is... Lord Commander Ulrich. And we always love being here. I was just recently thinking, like, I had never before actually wondered how well our episodes do with you, with your your uh, your fans. I don't know. I'm just glad you keep having us, so... <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of our fans are the same, which is awesome, um, but uh, they do really well. I was telling Ulrich the other day, you know... Um, I was reading some podcasting metrics that say you know, an established podcast that doesn't have, you know, a celebrity on it for in, um, on average, if you're doing like a hundred to 150 a month, um, you're doing great. And I'm like two to 300 a month. So that's pretty good. Awesome. Um, individual episodes and the ones you guys on fall right into the middle of the of that of course the, the chipman brothers tangent breaks the metric on everything but that's <laughs> carried with it you know the hate watching i think that i for <laughs> people on that one. oh but um, hilarious no, and depressing uh, <laughs> no but i love all the fan it, it makes me really happy that um that outside of the tangent that creating sawbuster and shooting the shit all perform pretty evenly which means there's not like one that people even if the ones that people prefer, it's not like there's one people are just like, oh, this is stupid, I don't like it. You feel good because I'm like making them all. But um, I particularly like having you guys on because even though we could talk about many numerous things, you've gotten me into uh, Warhammer. And I don't know if you, the last one, is someone that go and is now getting into Warhammer just because of listening to this and which is awesome because i you know i want more and more people into it so i'm especially right now i'm trying to uh i don't know what the positive version of the word poison is but i'm trying to essentially poison my my local group of people here to get into it i'm like hmm marquee don't you like the salamanders wouldn't you like these five so you could play some kill team with me <laughs> so you know little yep. things oh uh, i mean it's working I, beautifully I, my brain went to assimilate, but also the bad word of po- version of poison. So that's nuts. yeah, yeah. The Borg terrify me. So no, <laughs> we are trapper keeper. We are one. Oh. <laughs> but speaking of Warhammer, that's as you said, we can talk about many things, and we like to have many kinds of episodes. But generally speaking, when you have us on here, we talk Warhammer, and I believe that's what we're here to do today. <laughs> yep, we're gonna. Yes, tackle... God, we. we... Go ahead. 
We're going to talk about the Eldar, the only race in 40K that I just, I can't do their lore. My eyes glaze over and I just lose all interest. Which is funny because really they are one of the most well-developed lores outside of the Imperium. So, <laughs> yeah, but there's just something about them. They're just, I don't know. They, there's nothing about them that I really can dig. And when I say Eldar, we're going to try and cover all of the Eldar so we never have to come back and talk about them again. I mean, I don't mind coming back and talking about them, but I don't have the same vehement <laughs> disdain that, or apathy that orcs seems to have. But before we get into anything, Chris, because as you said, we have been uh, assimilating you into. Warhammer as a thing, you've you're uh, halfway through the second book with me. Ulrich said the book many times. The the Horus Heresy series for anyone who has, doesn't follow that. Um, we have had many of these. Uh, we've had a number of the episodes with you. I think we've talked. We talked Imperium. We've talked to Devis Mechanicus. We talked uh, Tyranids. Um, so now I know the Eldar have shown up at least once in uh, the book, but only as a passing comment. So I'm just curious. What are your preconceptions going into this conversation? So it's really cool, and I don't know if if we just got to the Eldar um, by happenstance. I know that Ulrich has been kind of feeding you with, okay, you got these few that would probably be good to talk about next. But what we decided to do this time, and it was Ulrich's idea, and I think it was a good one, was to have me do visual looking at pictures of what the Eldar are rather than coming in completely cold like I was doing before, but outside of the exposure book, um, I haven't done any reading what they are. So I'm going just off of my, you know, six months worth of knowledge of Warhammer right now, the book and a half there. And what I immediately see by looking at these pictures is a stark, the types of people are, I'll, I'll use people if humanoid faces, you tell me if I'm wrong, if um, based on the um, human genome in this uh, story or not, or if they're Xenos or something else like that, that just look at this. But are, are they people of sorts? Uh, they are not people. They are, well, not humans. They're not humans. They are a, a Xenos race entirely. All right. I just wanted to ask, because that, that's always a good place to start. Um, <laughs> but well, uh, that, so that, that I noticed. That oh, go ahead. Was that actually? I think I lost all of that. <laughs> I didn't say anything. I said, "Oh, go ahead." Because <laughs> you were. T- oh, I wanted to hear though. Okay, your then that is. So just looking, you know, I started with the Eldar, and then I looked at the Dark Eldar, and then I looked at the Harlequin, and then there was the what was the other Yanari. word that I'm is me now Yanari, and um, it, it it's starkly different and obviously now that you said we're getting into you know xenos races okay that that makes sense but you know we uh, you know we start you know these stories the big hulking but humanoid right and then we've got you know uh we go to the tyranids and we've we've gone through other things and then we got to the um just straight up army and so that army was such a stark difference you know they had more of like a world war ii but in space kind of look we talked about it reminded me a lot of like um uh starship troopers kind of a thing with with the infantry there then we jump to these guys and it's especially when you go into some of the drawn like artwork of them it's very much more fantasy and anime inspired everyone's very thin and tall and streamlined and very otherworldly and 
it I'm glad that I'm getting to when we started moving to the okay, we've been pretending <clears throat> using finger quotes here, pretending mm. that you know magic and spirits and stuff aren't real. I never said that they weren't. Um, but you know, we've been getting uh, you know, the the warp mixed in with things and we just got through the bit with Temba and you know, um we had uh, earlier the whisper heads and you know that stuff. So it's good to dump in something that you know has what looks like they're powered weapons or magic involved with it and all kinds of crazy bent and twisted imagery. Um so even though you know I don't know anything about the mythos, so I don't know what annoys Ulrich a bit, but I can <laughs> say that if I had to come but if I had come into Warhammer imagery of just the infantry and the Astartes hit me with these guys, I could see why this is a far different looking thing. This has more of a um I don't know, like Star Wars prequel kind of look to some of the ships. Actually, and then there's some yeah. weird ass like Clive Barker shit going on with some of the uh <laughs> I'm looking at I'm looking at this guy with a sword for an arm. It looks like he's hooked up to some sort of poison drip. He kind of almost looks like if Pyramid Head had a dick for a face instead. All right, I want you to, oh, I want the best you to keep way I that describe him. Yeah, definitely keep that in mind. So here's the thing: for the record, anyone listening, I'm going to be dominating this one because, as Ulrich said, he doesn't know the lore or he doesn't like the lore very much. He doesn't care about it. Uh, now. We presented three races to to Chris. At least that's what I was told to pick. Uh, and two of them were because I felt like at this point in your, I don't have a better non-pretentious word. Education. Sure. At this point in your education, two that were really good would be Eldar or Necron because they are very fundamental to the entire universe. And that's kind of what we're getting into. So. So I'm going to get into uh, <laughs> some some lore history here. But first of all, Eldar, easily put, are space elves. That's the yeah. joke. Okay. Well, kind of going back to it, when Warhammer 40k first got started, they just kind of copied everything they did with Warhammer Fantasy. And the parallels between Warhammer Fantasy elves and Eldar is right there in the gods, even having the same gods and the same enemies and a lot of the same designs. So I have simultaneously a lot to go through and also have not a lot to go through. So I'm just going to get started here. So when I say that the Eldar are fundamental to the foundation of Warhammer, I mean that the beginning of Warhammer's chronology, at least that matters for the story, the Eldar are like right there. They're not at the very beginning, but they're close. So in the uh, over 60 million years ago, that's the roughly the time period we're looking at. There was this race called the Old Ones. Now, the Old Ones are this super advanced mega species. Think of them uh, kind of like the Zelnaga from StarCraft or the Precursors from Halo. They were like they dominated the galaxy. Their main way of doing it was through uh, they basically were immortal. Well, they were eternally living and the distinction is important and they had uh access to you know travel much faster than light they seeded life on other planets they encountered another race that was called the necron tier now i'm going to go into details on that when we go into the necron episode but suffice to say eventually it turned into a war and the way that the old ones conducted their war was to create vassal species Two of them, primarily. One of them 
was called the Crooks, which again we'll talk about in a future episode, and the other was the Aldari, which we know as the Eldar. So that's the first thing you need to realize about the Eldar. They are an artificial species. Now, whether that means that the old ones uplifted them already existing or genetically engineered them, it's kind of vague. This is so far back in the, the universe's history that it's more mythology than anything. Does that make sense? So yes. far? Okay. So yes. When, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when the uh, when the old ones created the Eldar, they created them with one or the 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 principle behind them was to create extremely powerful psychic beings. So the Eldar as a race are very very psychic, and what that means in the context of Warhammer 40k is that they have a strong connection to the warp and can manifest the warp in a lot of ways. And this was back well before the warp was as dangerous a thing as it is now. Back then it was really just a swirling mass of energy that was not even very well understood by the old ones from what we know. But the Eldar were constructed from the ground up to be very, very powerful with uh, with the warp, with psychic energy. And So, oh, real quick, I, I, no, I have an interesting question. I'm having a vision while you're talking about this, and you guys don't have to answer me. I just want to have a, I'm, I'm doing a little bit of, with a little bit that I know, I'm making some calls on things that I imagine will be revealed to me later as I learn more of these stories. But the more I start learning of these other races that aren't human, and I've been introduced to this by a, you know, basically, like, Godfast who thinks that, you know, who's basically created an entire imperium based on pretending that all of these other races and stuff don't exist and that the only thing that is man and that superstition and religion and hurts us and all that when i hear of a new thing like this when soon as you said psychic i know there's been psychic characters in these books but i don't recall if any of them have been flat out human that have said oh yeah the humans just are inherently this outside of the sons of the emperor talking about it. very recently Horace said on it basically his deathbed he said my other brother here he encompassed everything of my father i.e the emperor his psychic abilities his empathy his you know thirst for war and all i really have is the thirst for war part even though we have a bit of those others so you don't have to say but foreshadowing would lead me to believe with what i'm learning now that could the emperor of man either not necessarily be fully human or influenced by things that he's learned? It's that whole, you know, like Hitler allegory, I think of here. Hey, I learned about this thing called Aryans, but I'm not even one of them, but I'm going to say that's the master race. Well, you, you, know you know what I mean? Like, I just get that vibe. <laughs> there is actually a theory, uh, well, a hypothesis in the community that the emperor was actually an old one or a creation of the old ones because they just like how they create the Eldar. But we're not here to talk about the emperor right now. But they, yes, that's a good. No, I. <laughs> I felt like putting a little pin in that real quick instead sure. of me just sitting here. I, I'm trying to engage more in the um in the download part. Yeah, no, <laughs> so I don't yeah, just feel like yeah, that that's all. Now, now first, now, all right. Now, anyway, mo moving forward. So the war itself was called uh, the War in Heaven. That's an important turn. Remember, it's literally one of the most important events in Warhammer's history. Uh, how the war ended, I'm going to leave that for the conversation about Necrons, but. Suffice it to say, the Eldar came out basically as the dominant force in the galaxy, like entirely. 
And um, one of the ways they did that was through their gods. And when I say gods in this context, this is a little different because the evidence leads us to believe that the the entities that the Eldar, the Eldari, worship as gods are actually psychic creations of the ancient Eldar. That they cumulatively created them with the old ones as these warp entities, essentially. And then at a later date, they became this kind of object of worship. So they basically started off as weapons. <laughs> and uh, Yeah, because now you're getting into the weird nature of the warp and manifestation of emotion. Yeah, so really quick, I'm just going to go through. These are the primary Eldar gods, at least the ones that um, were originally in the mythology. Asarin gave the Eldar wisdom so that they may know themselves. Isha gave the Eldar love so that they may know each other. Vol gave the Eldar the artifice as a means to make their dreams reality. Lilith gave the Eldar joy so they would be happy in their lives. Kernis gave the Eldar the ability to desire so that they would prosper. Moraheg gave the Eldar foresight so that they would know their place in the world. And Cain gave the Eldar anger so that they would have the means to defend their gifts. And I think right now only two of them are still alive. I'm, I'm going to get to that in a second because that's one of the most important things about the Eldar to, to recognize. So, so after the end of this war, they got their gods. They... This was, again, 60 million years ago, the war ended. So, a long time ago. The Eldar were the dominant force in the galaxy, and they spread out, they advanced. They advanced so much that they had technology that made, like, standard life a non-issue. There was an, an, an invention they had that's in the, in the lore, in a story, where they would combine with their psychic energy, it could just create something they could imagine. You imagine an army of warriors, it creates them. Like, they had tech like that. Like, Star Trek replicators on a massive scale. The kind of things that can make planets, maybe, even. They they even were able to travel uh, very safely because they had this thing called the Webway, which is kind of like a pocket dimension within our space that allows the Eldar to travel much faster than light without using the warp. Odd, since a lot of their other powers are based in the warp. Anyway, even their, their base technology is built on something called Wraithbone, which is like crystalline, or it's like warp psychic energy crystallized. So that's to the point where their engineers are actually called bone singers. So Yeah, they, they kind of imagine how it's going to look and it, it, it shapes. It's, it's really kind of, it's a cool bit of technology for them, actually. Yeah. I, I the, will admit, I like that about the Eldar. That's, kind of, that's really a cool idea. Yeah. But now the important, the most important thing here, though, is in that 60 million years of growing, of expanding, what eventually occurs is that they expand so much and they grow and they get so technologically advanced that the society. So here's the thing. You, you, you know, Star Trek, right? Chris? Yeah. All right. You know how Vulcans. Yes. All right. You know, you know how Vulcans are described as having more extreme emotions than humans. And that's why they have to suppress them. Yes. Okay, sorry. Uh, Eldar are like that times ten. They have extreme emotions, and but there's no suppressing going on here. So, But what happens is they couldn't satisfy their desires or wants because there wasn't any... They got bored. <laughs> yeah, they would get bored because everything was provided for them. So in order, just like any drug, essentially, in order to satiate their desires, they had to keep pushing 
what they were doing further and further. And this resulted in like cults that were obsessed with in the beginning, pleasure, pleasure of any kind, uh, sex, drugs, whatever. But then again, because their extreme emotions and over this long period of time, they had to push that even further because that wasn't pleasuring them. So then pleasure and pain started getting into it. So you have the, you have these pleasure pain cults and this is society wide, like across all of the Eldar, this is happening and it starts off small, but it gets bigger and bigger until entire planets are basically just turning into these crazy pain orgies. And if you're not, and it got to the point where even if you weren't part of the cult, they would track you down, grab you. And now you are a tool for the cult so that they could indulge in their darkest pleasures. Uh, oh, Jesus. The, yeah, yeah. The, the debauchery on display here is unimaginable. And there were some Eldar that saw this happening and were like, this is not going to be good. Uh, so, and they, and they tried for like, you know, eons to get to fix Eldar society, but it wasn't fixing. So they were like, fuck it. And instead they made these ships called craft worlds that are in some cases as big as a continent, some cases possibly as big as a planet. And they just left. That, that's not a whole lot of them. It's just a handful of them. Most Eldar basically st stuck in this debauchery society. But now, here's the important thing to remember. The warp, right? These are extremely powerful psychic beings, and the warp is fed by energy and emotion from the material space. So you've got an entire galactic-wide society engaging in the darkest, most deviant debauchery constantly, pain and pleasure and torment and suffering and agony, and this is feeding into the warp for millions of years. And then finally, this is the important thing, it all coalesced. All of those feelings, all of that warp energy uh, reached a critical mass and when that critical mass exploded in the birth of a chaos god, Slanesh, the Lord of Pleasure. And Slanesh's birth was not an easy thing. It actually sent out a psychic wave that instantly killed over 90% of all Eldar everywhere. <laughs> what? Yep, they, they uh, murder-fucked a god into existence. Yeah, and uh, it wasn't just an instant Whoa. thing either. Oh. Because, because up to this point, the Eldar... They, their psychic powers allowed them to reincarnate. Anytime an Eldar died, their soul would just reincarnate. But now that Slanesh was born, she had a grip on the on Eldar souls. So instead of reincarnating, she would fucking eat them. So, <laughs> and then she ate their gods. Yeah, that's that's where that's what Ulrich said. Only two of their gods are left because Slanesh ate the rest of them. Well, if if I didn't think um, Warhammer was jokingly edgelordy before. Um, I'm I'm way there now. Oh yeah, uh, this is yeah. This is insane. <laughs> yeah, Slanesh also refer also called by the Eldar, she who thirsts, uh, is is oh. yeah is the 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 ultimate enemy of the Eldar. They created her with their debauchery, and she is consuming their species. Now, yeah. now here's the important thing: when most of the Eldar died, the ones who did survive were a. The ones in the craft worlds that were on the far fringe of the galaxy, like their souls are still getting pulled into the warp if they die, but they weren't instantly killed and raped by Slanesh demons like the rest of the Eldar. And the uh, one major city, and maybe there was more, but there's one major city that w existed within the webway called uh, uh, Kamana or something Kamara. like that. Kamara, thank you, Kamara. And these two versions of the Eldar diverge heavily. 
in how they then reacted to this event, which is called the fall. By the way, this happened um, only like thousands, of, tens of thousands of years back. It actually created uh, the, the birth of Slanesh tore in a hole in real space between the warp and real space. And that hole is called the eye of terror. And it's basically a gate between our space and the warp. And uh, there's we'll also talk the about that when we do chaos, because the eye of terror is literally what it sounds like. Yeah, it's also the center of where uh, like Eldar civilization was, which is why it opened there in the first place. Now, the the Eldar who were in the craft worlds, they responded to all of this by being like, okay, our our species debauchery created this god. So the only way to or this this evil god, she who thirsts, the only way to deal with this is to reject debauchery, to be the opposite. And we have to rekindle what we used to be and return ourselves to, you know, proper, like, you know, place in the, the galaxy. And yeah, I remember that the Eldar have the smallest population of, like, any race in the galaxy at this point because of Slash murdering them all. But the ones that are in the webway, on the other hand, they realized that uh, they went a different path. I'm going to go into that in a second. So, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, different path. That's a word for it. Yeah, yeah. So at this point, before I continue, uh, thoughts, Chris. Um, thoughts. So uh, I can definitely see in summer the main um, pleasure uh, um, obsession. There's a lot of very strange, overly tight, and overly heavy, and overly bondagey looking things. One of these guys just looks like Galactus, which I think <laughs> is really funny. Yeah. So so no, the craft net. Yeah, so the uh, so the craft world Eldar are your standard Eldari, right? But generally, if you're saying the Eldar, that's who you're referring to. These Eldar are from the craft worlds who are trying to uh, behave, quote unquote, properly. And in order to keep their souls from getting consumed by Slanesh, they have these soul stones that they keep with them. So that when they die, it goes in the stone. Then they feed that stone in something called the Infinity Circuit, which is like a big ah, holding th- tank for souls. Kind of, yeah, but it's just a way to keep Slanesh from eating them. So what happened, though, with the Eldar that are in the webway is they realized that Slanesh only had a, a tiny hold on their soul, just a little one. It was Slanesh was draining their souls, but they could actually stave her off by indulging in Slanesh behavior. So instead of pulling back on the debauchery, they amplified it. <laughs> so those people became the Dark Eldar, and they are the absolute worst race in Warhammer. When I say worst, I mean like terrible edge lordy, but nightmare. Like I mentioned oh, before yeah. that I mentioned before that uh Tyranids and Chaos are the, the two nightmare races when it comes to looks, essentially, but the Dark Eldar are the nightmare race when it comes to the whole package. They discovered something interesting. They found a way to siphon pain and suffering into extending their lives. Well, also into keeping hmm. Slanesh from eating them. Like, yeah, the basically, kind of goes, it's kind of wonky on that, but basically it's all about torturing to make sure they don't get eaten. Yeah, it comes down to basically Slanesh being like, hey, you're doing Slanesh things, so I'm not going to focus on you quite as much. And... There, yeah, you're, you're 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 helping me continue to make people like just 
be an absolute pain and awful. So I'll Thanks let you Hellraiser. Right for now. They, they, well, I was going to say yeah. Cenobites. The, the, yeah. the, the Dark Eldar are Cenobites in space, but worse. Yeah. <laughs> so and that. So the Clive Barker allegory was right there. Oh yeah. yeah. So let me put it this way: I don't want to get too much into this because I can't convey in words very well what I'm trying to to convey, but. The worst fate, I, I think it's inarguable. If you're a, a human in the Warhammer universe, the worst fate that can befall you is to be captured by a Dark Eldar raid. Because what the Dark Eldar do, they don't really go to war with anyone else. They just raid planets to get slaves. And when they bring those slaves back, you know, because like if orcs invade your planet, they're just going to kill you and then move on. If chaos invades your planet, they might torture you a little bit, but they're still just going to kill you and move on. The Dark Eldar capture you as a slave. You are going to have unending work, and they are going to pump you full of drugs to make sure you don't die and are in constant agony, uh, painful drugs. And they're going to do that for probably about 20 years until your, tor- your suffering and agony doesn't satisfy them anymore. But that doesn't mean that it's over. No, no, no. Instead, now that your, sa- your agony doesn't satisfy them, they're going to take you to what's called a homunculus, which is a special Dark Eldar, who is going to contort and mold you into something. Uh, a lamp, a chair, some sort of living furniture trophy thing, still alive, moaning as a flesh golem furniture for all of time, because they won't let you die. And they feed off oh. your Grand. Yeah, no, Dark Eldar we just all sorts of heebie jeebie new. Yeah, this this is the, the I'm darkest glad, I'm part glad of I'm the universe. Yeah. We have entered the darkest part yeah, of the dude, universe. Yeah, dude, this is fucking this number one is fucked up and it, it it it's awesome that we arrived here now because and I and I've just the books are just starting the ones that that Ulrich chose for us to read are just starting to get into this weird like they've they've tapped it you know what I mean but you've kind of been following the straight guys for the most part here the you know clean prim and proper you know like you know war devil dog guys that you know everything's black and white and there's nothing else weird in the universe so to get to the Erebus stuff and all that and start seeing that oh yeah you know this this ritual we're just gonna eat a heart it's fine (laughs) you know and I'm like all right, that's starting to get a little weird and then we went from a little weird into I did not know war went to full on um, uh, end of um, event horizon places Jesus yeah yeah, the Dark Eldar will rhymes with grape, you and everyone you know. <laughs> Sorry, I stole that from Bricky. Yeah, but... dude. And now, and now that I'm looking at the pictures of them again, I'm picturing them doing that kind of stuff. And it, I mean, the one that looks like Pyramid, that's what jumped right out at me. I mean, he totally looks like the the, the live rape monster. Oh, yeah, they're oh. an undying race that has nothing better to do with its time than think of new horrible ways to torture and well it's it's not even just has nothing better their very species existence depends on inflicting as much emotional and physical suffering and agony as possible and so i see some some eldar here are you know they they show their faces and they have um top knots in their hair, which is which is a constant. You know, we talk about 
people in the Warhammer universe, the top knots a lot. That looks almost like ceremonial dress. Are those the like kind of clean cut ones that are trying to be normal? Probably. That's probably Craft World Eldar. Yeah. All right, because because they kind of have like an anime, like a samurai kind of look to them. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, let me let me cap off something here with uh, with the Dark Eldar. Uh, remember, how I said that the basis of all Eldar uh, formation is their powerful psychers. That is not yeah. true of the Dark Eldar, because basically, so while the Eldar. Uh, still use their psychic powers a lot, although not as much as they used to because they're trying to, you know, not have Slanesh demons come through. Dark Eldar basically are not psychers at all. Again, because they're in the webway, sealed away from material and immaterial space. The webway is kind of weird. It connects both warp space and regular space. But since they don't want to give Slanesh demons any opportunity to, like, come into their, their home they don't. They're not psychers at all, and it still happens every now and then. It's called a disjunction when a hole to the warp space opens. In fact, at this very moment, like in the current lore for 40k, there is an entire uh, chasm at the bottom of the city of Kamara filled with demons. <laughs> the old. It's this disjunction that they're they're constantly fighting off demonic incursion, even though they are doing Slaneshi things, and so they they really can't win. But not that they deserve to. The Dark Eldar are, are really messed up. So Yeah, because uh, real quick, just how psychic powers work in 40k is you tap into the warp, and the warp allows you to manifest crazy psychic powers. And because the Eldar are so naturally attuned to it and has much warp, th- imagine like a flame in the dark. And their flame is extra bright because they're extra attuned. So it's that much easier for Chaos well, Goddess to go, ooh, tasty. Well, Ulrich, an easy way to put it is uh, if you look up at the sky, a human soul would look like a star, uh, whereas a Eldar soul would look like the moon. So Yeah, and gotcha. then the cow soul is kind of like that weird inky blackness. <laughs> anyway, so the Dark Eldar, <laughs> yeah, who are also called the, the Drukari, for the record. For the copyright Drukari, purposes. I, I saw that, yep. Yeah, the Drukari and the Eldari, they're your primary two factions, but there are two important minor factions. I'm sorry to anyone who mains these in the game. I'm just meaning, like, from a general lore standpoint, they're minor. So the next group of Eldar is called Harlequins. They're space clowns. They are space murder clowns. They're creepy space murder clowns. I hate them. Yeah. So now, so where, where do they where do they fall in? Like, why why are they space murder clowns? Why this, do they choose to look this way? Two reasons. One, they are not craft world, nor are they the Drukari. They, although they were in the webway, they escaped the the fall because they were in the webway. But where they were wasn't in Kamara. It was at a place called the Black Library, which is apparently an Eldar construct within the library of never-ending knowledge. No one knows what's in the Black Library because the Harlequins guard it. That's, like, their job. And they worship a different Eldar god called uh, Segarok. I'm probably pronouncing that wrong. He's called the Laughing God. But he's the god of what the Eldar think is funny. So they're more like... Hey, look, genocide. <laughs> yeah, and they so just... they're, they're flat out. They're flat out like the Joker. Okay. Yeah. Kinda. They, they, yeah, they, they don't have any real allegiance to Eldar or Dark Eldar. They just kind of show up and do their thing. They will Sometimes... fight with either side, depending yeah. on 
the day. And sometimes they'll put on a performance and tell a story, and other times they tell that story with knives and guns. They also. Yeah, I was going to say because some of them, some of them, some of them have a very like theatrical look, and some of them look like something straight out of like a friggin' um, Iron Maiden album cover. Yeah. Or the Harlequins, right? You got some Harlequins that are like, you know, some of them look, you know, jest jestery, and some of them look like, no, I'm wearing bones, you know. Yeah. There's no yeah. real rhyme or reason to them, and they're just. There's actually not unpleasant. a whole lot. There's not a whole lot to say about Harlequins because, again, they're actually pretty small. They on the on the tabletop, they only have one kind of model players. You can change their weapons, but they're extremely small. They have this one weapon called the Harlequin's Kiss, which is this crazy thing they strap to their arm, filled with fluid, and then they stab someone, and the fluid turns into a, a monomolecular uh, wire that just liquefies them from the inside. They're a relatively new army. Yeah. Anyway, and then the other uh, minor army, which is actually really, really important, it's just also really, really new, is called the Yanari. So the Yanari are all three. They're Harlequins, they're Dark Eldar, and they're Craftworld Eldar. The Actually, the, the, the first Yanari was a Dark Eldar, actually. He was a gladiator. Yeah. So the what makes the Yanari separate is actually religion. They worship very specifically uh, an Eldar god of the dead, who is actually kind of new. Um, I, I think even in the lore, like they recognize that uh, Yeniad, which is the god, is a recent thing, a creation of some sort. But, yeah, he popped up a couple editions back, and then was not really talked about. And then, like right at the end, the eighth edition, they're like, okay, and now there's an Eldar god of the dead that's going to sucker punch Slanesh some point. Yeah, actually, y Yinead's very important for even outside the Eldar because uh, it was a result of one of the most important recent events in the Imperium, but I'm not going to get into that right now. So so the, the Yanari, right, all three other kinds of Eldar. Like, I don't know why the Harlequins even joined them since they seem to be their own thing, but it's hard to judge what Harlequins' motivations are. Anyway, so the Yanari's goal is very simple. Yinead, the god, is asleep. Well, was, I'll get to that in a second, and their goal to awaken Yinead, to bring Yinead to full power, and then Yinead can kill Slanesh. And if Slanesh is dead, it frees the entire Eldar species. That's the Yinead's goal. Problem. Yinead is the god of the dead and gets more powerful when Eldari die. So the main way you would make Yinead powerful and wake him up is to kill all Eldar. Which kind of defeats the point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but they so can also Eldar to get rid of the gods and to kill all the Eldar. So instead, they came up with this thing called the Seventh Path, which is it's very vague. It's supposedly this ritual, and uh, currently in the lore, and I only I can only find a few references to this because I don't have like the most recent Yanari book. I had to just do some searching online. So apparently, in the the current lore, Yinead is awake. He's just not at full power. In order to get him to full power, they have to find something called the uh, the Crone Swords. And unfortunately, one of those swords is straight up inside the Palace of Slanesh. So, you know, good luck. Yeah, Games Workshop likes yeah, to create sure. uh, hanging objectives. But uh, he's a cool god because he allows resurrection. Like, yep. he can literally pull souls back from Slanesh and bring them back. Oh, another important key point about all of the Eldar, no matter what we're talking about, uh, 
they're arrogant. They're extremely oh, yeah. arrogant. They they refer to I can tell that just by the facial expressions on the models. Yeah. Their uh their slur for humanity is monkai. Which is just monkey, but you can't say monkey in your game. So. Yeah, and no, uh, they're right. they they pop up in lore and stories a bit, typically by they can see the future, so they're going to, you know use humans or orcs or whoever to achieve what they feel is best for the galaxy and they don't tell anybody about it which is why they're uh, which is why their generals are called farseers because farseers tend to have a better ability of foresight than you know other eldar so speaking of farseers since i've given you this kind of overarching thing and uh we've gone over all the eldar i want to say uh, uh bricky i was watching bricky's video on warhammer and he said this quote, and I thought it was really good, and I want to say it too. And this is a, a quote from uh, one of the Craft World Farseers. So this is a very high-up Craft World Eldar, okay? All right. And if you want to follow along with me, it's at the bottom of our shared notes. Oh, there were shared notes for this one? Oh, yeah, you didn't know? <laughs> it has, I, I well, shared some sorry, pictures. sorry. That, that makes, no, um, I, I just didn't see them come through. Let me see. Did you send them to Facebook, Auric? I didn't send them at all. I thought you sent them. Oh, I didn't send them. I can send them to you right now. I'll send you on Skype. That'd be why I don't have them. I just I thought with Ulrich trying to do the, the uh, um, bringing up the other uh, the opposite format. Oh, wrong thing. It kept me more in the dark. Yeah, hold on. Let me just get the. Uh, you can cut this out I'll later like, or not. I don't care. <laughs> it's up to you. Uh, I I I edit. I think people people understand. No, this is fun. You can. This is going off. Awesome. I I did not. I gotta tell you, looking at their pictures, I did not expect them to be as awful sounding as they are. Um, well, mostly, I mean that mostly is awful. The, like, yeah, mostly the dark Eldar are the awful ones. Regular Eldar are actually. Uh, I just they're had to request. They're a different type of terrible. Yeah. Nice. All right, so tell me when you get to the bottom of that page. I had to send a request for access to it. Ah, Ulrich. (laughs) Again, you wrote the show notes on this. This is your bag. I don't have access. I had to request access from you, too, though. All right, then I actually do have to do stuff. Okay. Keep talking. You know what? I'll just just share it. Uh, I'll paste it. Hold on. Here we go. Uh, Okay. Like I said, keep talking. This will take me 30 seconds. All right. Well, then, before I read my quote, I'll just continue, and we'll talk about a, uh, a couple of the units. Well, actually, no, I'm going to do that when I want you to see the pictures. So, oh, okay. How about this? On the table, if you were actually going to play Eldar, they tend to be uh, – they're very weak physically. They, they go down very quickly, but they're very fast. They're very high damage. So they are uh, – Hit and run tactics generally get in, kill things, get out. So, and uh, the dark Eldar, even more so, even squishier, even higher damage. Harlequins, nice, in my opinion, anyway, are busted currently. Harlequins have weird rules like, oh, I can just ignore terrain, and I've got like vulnerable saves on all my units. And I hate Harlequins, so. It's mainly because no one really plays them, so they didn't really get bothered. Don't worry, there are nerf hammers coming. 
<laughs> like that's what they've been doing right now. They're calling it a big story event called Psychic Awakening, but it's been a slow, uh, balanced pass for everybody, and theirs is coming up. And another thing that I think I've conveyed already, but the Eldar civilization, when it was at its peak, there has never been any other civilization since the old ones that matched it. Like, Eldar civilization was was so far above anything anyone else has done that it's just important to remember that that's where they came from. This is such an old race with so much history. Uh, oh! Sorry, I know I'm jumping around a lot. I'm just trying to, like, kind of kill time until Ulrich gets where he needs to get. So, <laughs> I, already got I, I got the notes, by the way. Oh, all notes. right. All right, bottom of the notes. Here's the quote. From Eldred Ulthran, Farseer of Ulthwe. Since the time of the fall, our race has been haunted by what we, in our reckless pursuit of hedonistic indulgence, gave birth to. Though our dreams once overturned worlds and quenched suns, we are now but fitful shadows clinging to the edge of existence. All the stars in the sky cannot blot out the hateful glare of the red moon's eye. The birthing place of the great enemy pulses with all the malice of a demon that is dreaming, casting its shadow over all we have ever done and all we ever shall. Every twisted strand of fate and casting of the runes leads me to this time, to this place, and it is clear that the final battle awaits me at the ancient crone worlds. A conflict the likes of which has not been seen since the Monkai warred amongst themselves and their corpse of a seer fell to his traitorous son is coming, and all my steps lead towards it, no matter that I walk other paths. I see the stars stained red with the blood of the Monkai, and though their wars do not concern me, and I would gladly let them destroy one another, I know that to avoid this fight is to condemn my race to inevitable doom. And though all I see is darkness, I know that I will not flinch from my destiny. Nice. Anyway, that's the only quote I'm going to read, but that's a really good section. I think it very well conveys how the Eldar see themselves and the universe or the galaxy right now. So I still believe the Monkai thing. <laughs> yeah. Seeing spelled out makes it even worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, by the way, uh, remember how I said that the, the craft world Eldar like try to be very not Sonesh. Well, the way they do that is through a philosophy called the path. And basically it's their code of behavior and uh, it affects, it impacts everything about how they operate. Like part of the path is that you you pick one thing and then you get really, really good at it. And then you don't move to another thing until you're done getting really good at that one thing. And like farseers, for instance, are those who have gotten onto the path of foresight and then just got lost there. So, Yeah, sometimes you get stuck on a path and then you get special toys for it. Like that's what most of their warrior cast is, is. Just guys that got really couldn't get past the anger. Uh, another important thing that it's possible at times under certain rituals for Eldar of all kinds to become avatars of their gods. The most common one, because uh, Cain, the god of anger, is still around. So in battle, they will call on an avatar of Cain, where one Eldar will basically become a giant. He looks kind of like a flaming statue, like Aztec kind of thing, but he's awesome and badass. So there's actually a that picture in our notes. Cool. I, think, the, I, I think I've seen that one. You said you got a picture of him in the notes? No, no. There's a picture of uh, the 
under the Yanari section, there is in the middle of that picture is uh, the avatar of Yiniad. So avatar of the god of death. Yes. Cool. It's good. I've seen most of, strangely, most of the pictures you're using in here while I keep on my search. So that's really cool. Yeah. So that that's basically the uh, the overview of everything. I mean, there is so much I'm skimming over because the Eldar, they're literally one of the original races. They have one of the most fleshed out lores of any race. Uh, they even have the ability to create your own craft worlds. I mean, technically you could make your own of any race, but like within Games Workshop and Warhammer's regular game, they give you the tools to make your own craft world. Yeah, they're getting <laughs> better about that end of this edition, giving you the tools to really flesh out and make your own army. Uh, if we're going to talk about Eldar, we got to talk about the Shuriken cannons because that's the only really, that's one of the cool, the other cool things about them. Yeah, yes. That sounds cool just by name. So their weapons fire microfilament shurikens at high velocity. And I love it. They can they, they cut through whatever the plot needs them to cut through. <laughs> yeah, so I'm going to do a quick, a real quick run through of some of the interesting units. And I have accompanying pictures and stuff. So for the craft world, I've already mentioned the Farseer. Farseer is basically our general. They're also basically the most powerful psychers like in the material space. Uh, we've got Autarchs that are like, uh, you know, high level captains. I wrote think Sun Tzu, but Eldar and very old. Like Autarchs are ones who have gone many paths. Um, Wraithseers are basically robots that are powered by the souls of the dead and made from Wraithbone, that crazy psychic. Uh, material I was talking about. They they also come in different variants: wraith blades, wraith guards, and wraith lords. And wraith uh, and then there's wraith knights. Wraith knights are basically Jaegers from Pacific Rim, but made of this crazy bone yes. stuff and powered by death, dead spirits. So powered uh, by dead spirits. Yeah, because uh, Eldar mines and whatnot. That's part of the Infinity Circuit. Uh, their basic troops are called guardians. Um, they got rangers, which are like their scouts with sniper rifles. Uh, I wrote here, their wind riders are one of their vehicles. They look kind of like hover bikes from Star Wars, but yeah, bigger and with those. guns. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, these guys have guns in weird places. Like, I saw a lot of their um, helmets had gun mounts, like, on the cheeks. Yeah, it's probably kind of Predator-inspired, it sounds like to me. <laughs> Uh, let's see, they're, they're, for tanks, they got things like their Night Spinner. And that was, it's funny to me that you you mentioned Star Wars before me, because when I saw the Night Spinner design, all I could think was, that looks kind of like the clone tanks from, uh, from yes. the prequels. So, anyway, so that's There's like... another picture I see here that looks like looks like Jabba the Hutt's friggin' um, pirate oh, ship. Oh, yeah, the, the barges for the Dark Eldar. Yeah, they're pirates. Yeah. They just show up and raid. Lots of hover things, lots of fast moving. Yeah, for the for the Dark Eldar, for units that I've listed just as interest, we have a... Because the Dark Eldar army on the tabletop is split into three kinds. You have cabals, witch cults, and homunculus covens, which all are pretty much what you probably think they are based on the names. So, Oh yeah, did we mention the Dark Elder Society is yep. also about backstabbing and betrayal? Yeah, totally. Like they're even on raids, they'll try and screw each other over because it's just a race of assholes. Because they're the worst. Dark Eldar are the worst. 
Uh, Archons are leaders of cabals. They look like Sauron, actually, oddly enough. Um, that was what I was going to say. The Dark Eldar all seem to look like Sauron. That, that's all I see there. Yeah, the, uh, the Witch Cult are led by Succubus. And uh, by the way, they have another kind of unit called Incubus as well, or Incubies, which are like their elite warriors. So, you know, they're really doubling down that imagery. Uh, their basic infantry are called Cabalite Warriors, and they have lots of spikes and whips, but most Drakari have spikes and whips. It's just a thing they do. Uh, Racks are their, like, fleshy melee units. They look like Frankenstein monster kind of things, but with no eyes because they have, like, weird visors. Yes, uh, okay. I'm looking at. All right. Yeah, th there's grotesques. I'm not going to describe them because I think the name does it fine. And my favorite Dark Eldar unit is called the Talos Pain Engine, which I described in my notes as floating beetle scorpion torture organic machine hybrid thing. That's my favorite Rob Zombie album. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh. Anyway, that, that gets me through um, most of the, pretty much all of my, my main notes. Because like I said, the Harlequins only have like the one model. And I don't, I didn't actually look into Yanari models. I, because again, Yanari are very new. So I don't really know their models very There's well. There's only three of them. There's. Yeah, and they're all in your picture. Yeah. <laughs> all in your picture. They look like that. Yeah. Plus the fact that Yanari are actually encompassing Harlequins, Drakari, and Aldari means that they're more like. Uh, a flavor of the other one. Sorry if you're a Yanari fan out there. That's just how no, I see it. No, they were incredibly busted last edition. I mean, Eldar were bad last edition, but when Yanari came out near the end, it was just stupid broken. And I've heard so, that uh, Eldar Yanari... have always been good. Yeah. Right, go the Yanari models strike, strike me as a lot more colorful. And, um, they kind of remind me of like old unicorn paintings. You, you know, like you, you, I don't know if you guys worship the god of death, right? <laughs> you know, and no, I, I don't know if you guys had a lot of um, friends, particularly female friends, where it seemed to fall in the, you know, in the geek circuit that would have mm -hmm. you know like um, black light reactive unicorn posters and stuff. That yep. that's what I see when I see the the It's very flowing texture. Um, very different looking and much more organic looking than I'm used to seeing in a lot of the uh, um, Warhammer stuff. You know, up till now, even the um, the more alien races have been very mechanical. You know, and this stuff has like an air of um, an air of uh, like mystique and uh, a power, like supernatural to it that I'm not used to seeing. And again, it could just be how well these books have done and how well maybe circumstantially the three of us have done and how we've rolled this out to me. But I, it's a very stark difference between what I've seen so far and then the, like flat out into how the Inari look. It's just the Inari look like some elemental thing from Final Fantasy, you know? Uh, you know, that yeah. is that's very appropriate because the Eldar, first of all, the Eldar have probably the second most advanced looking tech in the Warhammer universe. The only ones whose tech looks more aesthetically advanced would probably be the Tau, and we'll talk about them whenever we talk about them. But the Eldar are supposed to have that advanced tech, and because they're all psychers, and they're that's supposed to be Warhammer 40K's version of magic, they're all basically wizards. 
They're they're space elf wizards, and that's I think that conveys very well in like the Yanari art. I think it's very easy in this conversation to get uh, to let the the dark Eldar and the Drukari like overload your your thoughts about the Eldar are because the Drukari are just so much, but the Eldar are a very varied kind of race like that. I mean, each one of the craft worlds is basically like its own planet with its own cultures. They have, you know, they have a shared language and stuff, but the, each craft world is very different from the other ones. Yeah. There's one that rides dinosaurs. Nice. Now I want them. Let's do that. As do we all, but games workshops like, nah, we are going to make those models. So uh, now that we've gone this like whole over top thing, I've gone through all my notes uh, for, for now, I I want to just hear your thoughts, Chris. Like, what's well, on your brain? I'm what's on my brain is I I'm still trying to wrap my head around how how screwed up the Dark Eldar get. Um, <laughs> you know, the, it's just very it's very different in comparison to everyone we've gone through so far. I appreciate um the more fantasy tinged elements to it. Um, it's good that you remind me that, you know, it's like the earlier Warhammer mythos because I, my Warhammer um, exposure before this was, I didn't know it at the time, but was in the 40K realm of you know, the games workshop, people playing with tanks and little, you know, figures on a game table. So the more fanciful things have been a surprise to me um, as we've gone. I didn't know much of that existed. I like it. It, it, it it's a cool template for people that are really geeky from thousands of different directions, all being able to find something that they like. And this definitely falls in the weirder people that are into HR Giger and, um, uh, you know, um, Clive Barker type stuff with the dark Eldar. And, and, you know, I could see the anime act liking a lot of these um, designs as well. A question about the dark Eldar because I don't see this in the rest. Are the Dark Eldar horned, or is that part of their pain um, costume? Well, it's here's a costume. They do lots of spikes, because the bad guys wear spikes in 40k. But also, an important thing that I overlooked when talking about the Dark Eldar, so so Ulrich mentioned how they can literally suck the agony and suffering from someone. That has a physical mm-hmm. impact on their bodies, because they have this kind of... Um, the Dark Eldar are in some ways based off the Fae, and I mean like the old original stories of the Fae, where there are these glorious creatures that trick you into coming tier, like towards Tirnanog, and then they fuck with you just for fun. And what I mean by that is if you see it if you see a dark Eldar who hasn't fed on agony for a while, they'll look gaunt, like more gaunt than Eldar already look. Their skin will be like pallid, like they'll look like they're starving and sick. But if you see one who has just recently fed on like a, a some some major agony. Not only will they look uh, like healthy, but they'll glow. They'll literally glow, and they will look glorious and beautiful, just because that's kind of like how they function. <laughs> wow. So, so yeah, um, other things that strike me. Other things that strike me just from the imagery, um, only because I haven't seen any of it. The, and I and I, I hate it kind of disgusts me that my brain's going back to this, but I can't move my head off of it. The the homunculi, the homunculi they send these people to look like. Uh, uh I need homunculi, more homunculi look like 
okay. So homunculi, they're all right. Back in the Imperium, we told you there was a thing called servitors. These are the these are, these are the things that twist the slaves. Okay, servitors. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. So servitors were basically humans that were lobotomized and had like machines put in them so they could be like just servants. So they look kind of like Borg, but more horrifying. Um, homunculi are doing a similar thing, but way, way worse. So homunculi look kind of like a bunch of flesh has just been shoved together with metal. And there's like syringes usually sticking out like fucking everywhere. <laughs> Things so, like the worst body horror imaginable. With and needles. You're halfway there. That's Tons of needles. Think, Homunculi have okay. so many goddamn needles. Because <laughs> again, just imagine oh, a race that has near eternal life that's out to perfect its craft, and its craft is flesh craft. So they're gonna spend a lot of time just dicking around, doing weird shit, and yeah, very few. So very few Eldar ever, or very few Dark Eldar actually become homunculus. And when they do, they rarely ever leave the webway. But when they do. What they'll do is they'll go on with raids, and they will actually engage in sport with one another. And what that means for them is they will take battlefield uh, casualties isn't the right word, battlefield captives, and they will compete with each other over who could make more grotesque, suffering mounds of molded flesh. Oh my god. This While is still living. That's all. It's very important. They have to still be living or they can't pull any agony from them. They also sell them out sometimes for, as battlefield things. Like, hey, here's this thing I made. It screams and stabs stuff. I don't want it anymore. It's yours. Yeah, the Dark Eldar <laughs> are are the most nightmare fuel thing in for, like, easily. I, the chaos gets pretty fucked up, but the Dark Eldar are really the epitome, simply by the fact that everything they do to you, they're going to specifically do it to you while you still live. Yeah, that's just wrong. I, yeah. I have a hard, like, like put, put me with as many bog zombies as you want, as disgusting as that was to hear spelled out, because that was gross. Um, this... This is turning my stomach just thinking about it. I'm I'm terrified of these fucking things. Funny thing about the servitors, I'm glad you compared them to the servitors because I wanted to say how messed up after being described what servitors were, especially when you describe them as kind of looking like like robotic fleshy cherubs. Yeah. Um at times hearing that um after you know Horace was you know having trouble surviving, um that what was it, Abaddon? Was Abaddon. it Abaddon? Yeah, Abaddon. Just like was just murdering these things, and yep. I like the imagery that that gave me. Was just, well, that's what they're built for. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what that's what a badden would say to you. <laughs> oh my god! No, forty k is weird. So I'm really enjoying this. I want to give you. I, I really want to give you a quick am. ray of. Um, I hope it's not the right word, but. Like I said, with the, any episode of the Dark Eldar is going to get really, really well dark. Uh, that's they're called the Edge Lords of 40k for a reason, and as you you now understand, uh, and even with all the other Eldar being you know not like that, the the Dark Eldar just are so overpower any conversation. But either next time you have us on, or time after that, we're going to talk about the primary comedy relief race, which is my <laughs> race. So. That's either going to happen next time or the time after. Just we do just so you know. works at some point. Yeah, great. I can't wait.
Yeah, so just saying, there's like we're in the we're in the, the dark zone right now, but we'll come back to uh to a lot more giggly. No, no I I, love, I I like it. I just was not expecting it. Like it didn't come out in when you guys were like, oh yeah, the elder they're complicated, and Alert doesn't really like them. It never <laughs> came out that we were gonna be that we were gonna be talking about. You know, yeah, we we fucked a god into existence. Like that's yeah, they, they, yep. They I did not see that coming. Well, that's why I say the Eldar are complicated, because Craftworld Eldar and Yanari and Harlequins and Dark Eldar are all so different from each other. It's it's really cool, actually. Here's a, here's a good fun fact to end on. Robin Williams played Eldar. That was his army of choice. That's awesome. I didn't know that. Yep, he called them his Robin frisky gay space elves. Oh, yeah. I, I have read that before. Never mind. He had voices for all of them. And I can only oh, imagine shit. trying to play a game of 40k against Robin Williams and keeping a straight face. No, not happening. <laughs> I mean, I'd, I'd love to play against Robin Williams. I keep it a straight face. <laughs> Just, oh, I, I would get so distracted. I want to know how many of them. I want to know how many of them sounded like Pierre Laurie because that was <laughs> one of my favorite random voices to drop in. Oh. So, yeah, there's, oh, there's man. that little fun well, information. Yep. So there's your uh, th- there's your your Eldar primer. There we go. We thought we I could no, I easily have done like whole separate episodes probably on on the Dark Eldar and the Eldar, but I think it's important because the Eldar uh, the the Craftworld ones are what are considered the standard ones, but the Drukari are actually the traditionalists. If you remember, the the Eldar basically spent millions of years being what the Dark Eldar are. The Craftworld ones are the weirdos. <laughs> the weird ones and then the dark eldar show back up and go we need to double down on that shit yeah <laughs> yeah and the best part is the imperium doesn't differentiate they're all eldar they don't Whoa. they don't they don't differentiate those different types one more one more fun well, fact that, about that's what i was gonna see next yeah one more fun oh, fact about the, the dark imperium. eldar yeah. so the dark eldar have hierarchy Right in their society with like nobles and shit, and the nobles are the ones who can afford to have tons of meat trophies. So how do the poor dark Eldar get their agony fix? Gladiatorial arenas, which Ulrich made a slight mention towards, but uh, gladiatorial arenas that are literally every inch slick with blood. <laughs> it's how oh, it's good. Yeah. So anyway. There, there's my final Dark Eldar trivia. <laughs> so I was going to say, um, we didn't talk about with these guys this whole time is how do they fare in war? Uh, here's the thing. The Eldar are the least populous of any race, except for maybe the Necrons. It's only because of the Necrons wake up only one world at a time. But there's still there, millions of billions of Necrons. There's, there's, yeah, yeah. There's, there's no shortage of Necrons. It's yeah, not but they're, awake yet. But I just mean active at a time. The yeah. point is, though, there are a very, very small number of Eldar comparatively. I mean, yes, each craft world could have millions and millions of Eldar on them, but they don't reproduce very fast. Actually, that's a big thing, is that they, they reproduce very slowly, and that's possibly because the old ones intended that to be the case, but... So because there are so few of them and they're fragile, like they, they die, they're not like space marines. They die, you know, pretty quickly if they get shot. Um, their way of waging war tends to be very guerrilla. 
They they get in with light vehicles very quickly, do a lot of damage, and get out before like the enemy can really see them. They also like trickery a lot. Like they are their most common tactic is to aim one enemy at another enemy and try to get them to fuck with each other until they can then come in and, and handle them. So they make some assholes. They're just constantly stirring shit up. Yeah. So like in a straight fight they're not going to be nearly as effective as like the Imperium in general. Their technology is great. There's just too few of them. And so. they can't, they can't afford the loss. They're technically a dying race. Roger. That makes sense. Yep. Cool. I just, you know, we spend a lot of time talking about aesthetics and, and stuff and what they did to each other. And it's like, I just figured, Hey, put them up against the Astartes. I have a feeling they're not going to do that well. Nothing yeah, does well, that well against the Stardis, to be fair. Also, generally, the Eldar don't engage with Imperium if they can avoid it. The Imperium will engage with the Eldar because the Eldar are Xenos' filth that the Imperium must cleanse. But, of course. But the Eldar have no reason to fight the Imperium. Whenever it happens, it's usually because the Eldar are trying to accomplish something else and humanity just happens to be there. For instance, if Necrons gotcha. show up... Yeah, if Necrons show up on a world, the Eldar want to fucking deal with that i'm cursing a lot now at the end so like eldar will murder necrons as best they can but if other if imperium happens to be on the planet well the imperium's gonna fight all the xenos and now we gotta deal with the humans too while we're trying to deal with the real problem of the necrons meanwhile the dark eldar don't give a damn about any of that and they just want slaves so instead they're uh they have a, they just do raids they're pirates they they find a world that is not very well defended that they know no space marines are going to show up like they'll do a lot of intel gathering first because they don't want to go up against astartes they also can't afford the loss then they'll raid to get resources mostly slaves and then leave they don't really engage in war and harlequins there are so few of them even compared to other eldar that they couldn't field an army. Instead, it's more like groups of 10 to 30 Harlequins will show up in a, when a situation to engage in whatever they think is important. Like, there was recently a story about a, a character in the Imperium that's really important that was just trying to get home, and it turns out him getting home somehow lined up with the Harlequins' goals. So they were just like, hey, now you've got 30 Harlequins accompanying you to make sure you get there. Yeah, their reasoning nice. is their own. Yeah, and then the Inari, it's hard. It's, that's the, they want the crone swords. If there's a crone sword, they're going to murder everything they can to get to it. Otherwise, Yeah, they kind of sort of have a standing truce with the Imperium right now to work together for the greater good. <laughs> Not the greater good, no. That's a different <laughs> Different greater good. <laughs> to fuck off chaos. Nice. There's, there's the term. Yeah. Yes, fuck off chaos. Um. Anyway, well, you know, Jesus... This was a lot, and I love it. Um, hey, and I, and I think I the choice you, to talk about. Can I ask you a question at this point, Chris? Before uh, yeah. we get to get to our wrap up, I know we haven't gone through. We haven't even gone through half of the races. We're close yep. to the halfway part, though. Um, at this point, if you were going to play the game, which army calls to you? Of all of them, all the ones we've talked about, all the ones you know about. I am. Um, my brain still leans heavy into the mechanic somewhere. I I really like them. All right, my my buddy Dan plays uh, the Mechanicus, so I've I've been recently seeing a lot of those models. Anyway, Alex, I was just curious what you. Anyway, we still have more to go through, but uh, thanks. 
No, no, that that just that that fits in well with with a lot of my. It pushes a lot of my good buttons. I, I like talking about them. These these guys are way too fucked up for me. <laughs> also, you mentioned and, how you mentioned um, how you thought that uh, anime fans might be into like Eldar, and you're not wrong. But there is one other race that the community collectively refers to as weebs, simply because they are total anime bait. <laughs> just because they have giant. Yeah, robots. that makes sense. We'll we'll get to them later. So, <laughs> oh man, I just I deeper and deeper we get, the more interestingly this gets. And um and Ulrich, I I do have to say, the format worked really well this time. So I appreciate the input. Well, that's that's why I was saying it's weird to me that uh, Ulrich isn't into Eldar lore because I mean. It's it's really interesting to me. <laughs> so I, I, but, I honestly no. have no idea why. Like, I know I love lore from everybody else. I will consume it freely, but anytime I've tried to do Eldar, it's just like, oh, Eldar is so boring for some reason. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know. But you'll. Uh, I would say I would say that for the next time you have us on, we should talk either Necron or Orc. I'm gonna leave that to you. <laughs> Yeah, no, we'll we'll talk offline about that because um, I'm tired. Uh, yeah, thank you guys so much. Um, please, even though people already know, this might be the first episode of either of our shows they've ever listened to. So tell them where they can find you and what you do. All right, Auric, that's you. Oh well, if it's not clear by this point, we are the uh, Geeks with Shields podcast. We do a weekly podcast where we talk about all things geeky, nerdy, everything in between. Our sole original goal being to help people escape, you know, what we joked was the darkest timeline, and then we entered the darkest timeline. So uh, that's become doubly so. Uh, you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Geeks with Shields, as well as most of your major podcasting apps. And if you want to, you know, chip in, get some of the extra content like the Horace Heresy Book Club we mentioned frequently, you can check us out on patreon.com forward slash Geeks with Shields. Yeah, we are, uh, at this point, I think like 30% of our content is Warhammer. <laughs> We're not trying to be a Warhammer podcast, but we like getting excuse to talk about it. So if you find any of this interesting, uh, you know, Warhammer Book Club or, hell, just go read Taurus Rising by Dan Abnett. Got Chris kind of into it, so. <laughs> it is a great gateway book. Oh, big time. And and I like finding, the thing I love about, the thing I love about about the format I've done, and, and your format too, you, you guys get a lot of different people on and can find like niche things to talk about with certain returning guests. And I like that about this, you know, I've, I've got, you guys come on. We talk about Warhammer. We've done um, TV shows. We're going through the uh, the Michael Bay uh, Bayham on your end. You know, we've done the director Smackdowns. I had Andy Rodriguez um, when he comes on. He's able to do his uh, um, old call radio show. He still had some topics called Spoiler Alert, which is a lot of fun. So I just I love these little communities to create through it, giving people an escape from. The awfulness in the world right now so uh you know you guys have become my warhammer friends among other things <laughs> so that that's really good my plan will eventually be complete when you play a game of warhammer with me <laughs> it'll yes. have one by yes, one and then all my money will disappear <laughs> now, i've been joking the first phase of my plan is working get all my friends into 40k now i just have to get you know majority shareholding of uh, Games Workshop stock. 
anyway, jokes aside, it's getting late, and I don't want to keep you uh, up to the point where you get drunk tired. So, Chris, thank you very much for having us. We always love coming on. We always love having you on, and I hope we can get to the next one of these soon. Absolutely. Thank you, Axel and Ulrich, the Geeks of Shields, for shooting the shit with Chippa, and thank you all for listening, and we'll see you guys next time.